0: Welcome to the church family that is lifting lives through living love, inspiring hope, filling with faith, and transforming our world. These recorded messages are made available so that you might have additional opportunities to stay connected with us, and then you might learn and grow in your faith. God bless you as you hear the word today. And now, the message. Our Gospel reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Canerius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this fall, Jamel
1: and I had the opportunity to travel to the Holy Land uh, with a group from our church, and for both of us, this was... The first time we had the opportunity to go to the Holy Lands, it's one of those things that, you know, for us as as pastors especially, was kind of on the bucket list we had always wanted to do. And one of the things that I was most excited and determined to do was to see the place where Jesus was born. And I use that adjective, determined, because people had warned us, plenty of people had warned us, that getting into the grotto beneath the Church of the Nativity was quite a challenge. You had to wait a long time. Like people described it like Disney World wait times, you know, 180 minutes, like, you know, rope drop kind of thing. So, so I knew it was going to be difficult, but I was determined. I really wanted to see where Jesus was born. This is a picture of the Church of the Nativity, the interior of it. And underneath that altar is a grotto, a cave, where tradition says Jesus was born down in that grotto, there's a, a star, a silver 14-pointed star that looks something like this. And, and that marks the spot, the actual spot, where they believe Jesus was born. And there's also a, a small altar down there that contains a, a sliver of wood that supposedly is from the, the manger, the cradle in which Jesus was laid. Now I keep using the word supposedly and, and so forth and because that's because these are the, the places that tradition has assigned. We really don't know with scientific accuracy if these, you know, historical accuracy if these were the actual places where Jesus was born. One of the things you learn when you go to the Holy Lands is that there's a lot of tradition involved in locating some of these places where it was believed Jesus walked and talked and performed his miracles. But, you know, in this case, here's the history behind it. That you know, the, the, there was a grotto in Bethlehem where it's believed that Jesus was born. But 135 A.D., about 100 years after Jesus lived, there was an emperor named Hadrian who put down a Jewish rebellion in there, a major kind of Jewish rebellion. And when he put down the rebellion, he wanted to punish the Jews. And the way he did this, in order to discourage, you know, future rebellions from ever happening again, and the way he did this was by taking away all their sites of worship. And Christianity at this, at this time is still considered, in Romanized a, 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 a Jewish sect. And so he took away all the Christian places of worship as well. And so he bulldozed over, well, not bulldozed, they didn't have bulldozers then, but he, you know, you got the idea. He, he covered over the grotto where Jesus had been born, and then over all these sites, he built temples. Temples to Roman gods. So over the, the place where the grotto was, he, he, he planted a sacred grove dedicated to the Roman god of Adonis. Now, fast forward 200 years in the story, and Emperor Constantine becomes a Christian. And one of the first things he does as a Christian is he commissions his, his mother, Helena, to go back to the ancient world to seek out all those places that had been lost to antiquity, that, you know, that his forebears had covered over. Specifically, he wanted to know where Jesus was born, where he died, what was the place of the resurrection. And when you know, his, his mother-in-law, Helena, when she found all those places, he commissioned churches to be built on those sites And so on the site where she discovered, you know, where she thought, you know, this was the site, underneath that sacred grove to Adonis, the grotto, once it was located, uh, Constantine commissioned a church to be built, the Church of the Nativity, and it was dedicated in 339 AD, which makes it one of the, you know, makes it the oldest place of continuous Christian worship in the world. Pretty cool. So anyways, back to that grotto. So to get to the grotto, you got to go underneath the altar, and this is a picture of what that looks like. There's a small door, then there's like a semicircular steps going up, and that door is really small, like you have to kind of duck down to get through it, and then it leads into this narrow, uh, you know, this this, this narrow uh, corridor. So you can imagine, you saw the basilica, how big it is, and then suddenly it bottlenecks down into this little tiny door. That's the reason why there's this really long wait, or at least that's one of the reasons. Another complicating factor is that there's three different Christian groups who lay claim to the site of the grotto. The Romans, uh, the Roman Catholics, the Greek Orthodox, and the Armenians. And each group is assigned certain hours of the day where they get to go down into the grotto and perform their own religious worship services. And all the tourists, you know, like we were, basically we get kind of shoehorned into whatever space exists between those times of worship. You following me? So on the day that we got there, the, first, we went to the shepherds' field, uh, you know, outside of Bethlehem, to kind of look over where we believe the angels appeared to the shepherds, and then we went to the Church of the Nativity. We got there about 10:15. But the grotto wasn't open yet because there was a religious service happening and we were told it wouldn't open until eleven o'clock. But we had to get there 45 minutes early to get in line. That's the Disney rope drop kind of thing, right? So we got there early. There was about hundred people or so in front of us, maybe you know, three or four large groups. And our tour guide said, Oh, this is good. We'll get to get you know, we'll be able to go in. The trick was is that the grotto was gonna open eleven but it was gonna close at noon. So we had one hour to get in. And while we waited for that 45 minutes for the grotto to open, like I said, about 100 people in front of us, literally hundreds, plural of people, came and filled in the space behind us until you know, the crowd shifted all the way back to the back of the basilica. And I knew, you know, we all knew, that not all these people are gonna to get to go in in this narrow window of time we have. Finally at 11 o'clock, the grotto opened and it was nothing like the race drop at Disney because no one moved an inch. Like it was like a snail's pace. We would like move this far every like five minutes, you know, just get to go forward just a little bit the whole time. And, and, and the, you know, and at first it was like, oh, surely we'll get in. But eventually we started to worry after a half hour we'd only moved like 10, 15 feet. Are we going to get there? But finally at 11.45 we got to those semi-circular steps that I showed you earlier, right? Here's a picture of our group. Uh, on those steps, you can see lots of smiles or you look happy and expectant. The picture does not tell the story of that moment because you have to remember there's hundreds of people behind us and they are suddenly realizing there's 15 minutes until the grotto closes. And so what do you think all those people were doing? They were pushing and pressing and, and it's a semicircle and so they were trying to get around on the edges and find the weak point. So we, we said, you know, we had some big guys in our group and we made all the big guys stand at the top of the stairs like bouncers and sit you know, stand shoulder to shoulder so we could hold your boy. And the pressure grew behind us and we heard You know, some we didn't know what they were saying about us because it was in other languages, but we heard the word American, and it wasn't said nicely or sweetly. They were not happy with us, but we were trying to protect so the whole group could get down, right? And uh, Dean McKnight, who's uh, down towards the bottom there, he he tells a story that uh, while he was trying to guard, this woman behind him, not a member of our group, obviously, started goosing him in the side you know a goose is like a pinch and a twist in the side and and after she did it a few times he finally stepped aside and said go and she said no 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 and 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 he he said okay and then he got back in line and what did she do she started goosing him again like just go 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 anyways you get we finally you know protected and moved down funneled down through that door and you duck down, you go through the door, there's a small little corridor, and then it opens up a little bit, and over on the right-hand side, on the ground was that 14-point star, and over on the left-hand side, there was a a little space for the altar, you know, where the the manger wood was, and there was a, a woman standing there who was a tour guide, but she was not our tour guide. She was the tour guide of some of those groups that were behind us. So in that moment, her job, her mission was not to, you know, elevate our experience in any way. She wanted to get us through so she could get her people there. So she's, go, come on, go, go, you know, like move, move people, move people. And then on top of that, there's this tour guide and then there was a security guard. And the security guard was not in place to protect you know, all the the antiquities. Maybe that was part of his job. But in that moment, the security guard had the job of clearing all the tourists out in the next 10 minutes so that the Roman Catholics could come in and have their service. You know, like the Romans are coming. The Romans are coming, go. And, And so he started clapping at us as loud as he could, shouting, go, 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 go. It was a little chaotic, okay? (laughs) Now, in the midst of this, you know, we're kind of going through and we're trying to follow the rules. I see my wife bend down to touch the star. And at that moment, I saw the security guard clap in her face. Go! And I knew this is not going to go the way the security guard expected, right? Next thing I know, Jamelin has her feathers up. She is in full uh, justice mode and she is giving it right back to this guard. She's like, this is a holy moment. This is a holy moment. A holy moment. And you are ruining it. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> right in his face. And what was I doing as a good and faithful husband in that moment, I was just backing it on up, right? (laughs) Like, I don't know this woman. uh. (laughs) Because I thought if there's an international scene in this moment, someone gets arrested, someone has to go home to the kids, so. (sighs) So that's what took place in the grotto. And when we all emerged out of there a few minutes later, I think everyone in our group felt shell-shocked. I mean, just stunned and somewhat cheated by the whole experience. And we were walking back to the bus, which was, uh, you know, 10 minutes away. And Ann Campbell, a member of our group, she's here tonight, she, she said to me, you know, Pastor Dave, I'm just struggling to reconcile. The significance of what we experienced, the gravity of that— With the way we experienced it, the two just didn't fit together. Because even though Jamelin did it in a clapping way to the guards, what she was saying was absolutely true. This was a holy place. It should have been a holy moment. But what we experienced didn't have any worship in it. It was missing. And in general, I would say that was kind of my experience going to the Holy Lands, That the places I was most excited to see, you know, most geared up for Jesus, to see the place of Jesus' birth and death and resurrection, to see those high holy places, they weren't high holy experiences for me. Because at each of those places, we were pushed and shoved and, you know, kind of hurried through, and we didn't get the chance to really let those moments or those places sink into us. The places that were holy by contrast were the places like in the Sea of Galilee, where we had ample time to, to walk and explore, to pray and to sing and to worship and just to let ourselves sink into the story and think about the fact that Jesus walked in these places and talked in these places and healed people in these places. Those were the worshipful moments. Why? Because we had time and space to worship. And so I was thinking about Marianne's comment to me. And I was thinking, you know, it definitely applied to our experience in Bethlehem, but it does resonate also, I think, with how we experience Christmas on an annual basis in our country. It's tough to reconcile the significance of what takes place on Christmas and the manner with which we experience it. The significance of Christmas is the incarnation this miracle, this mystery that the God of the universe would take on human flesh, that God would enter our world as a, as a tiny human baby, would, would know our sufferings, that, that he might save and redeem us all. I mean, just that miracle and that mystery, it's, it's something that we should all pause before and wonder and ponder about and sink and rest in the beauty of it. But how do we celebrate Christmas with a whole lot of hurry and a whole lot of worry because there's wrapping to be done and there's, and there's shopping to finish and there's like an endless list of boxes we have to check. I mean, we're on the go, 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 go until we collapse, right? It's tough to reconcile the two. And what's missing, I think, from the way we often experience Christmas is worship. Space to reflect and ponder and give praise for the gift of God's Son. So I don't know exactly what your Christmas has been like. If it has looked something like these pictures so far, and yesterday when we were all stowed in the house, and you know, we were all bouncing off the walls, it, maybe that could have been our home uh, in those days. But I'm just, if that's been your Christmas so far, that's Okay. I don't want to guilt you about the Christmas you've had. What I want to do is simply set up these next 30 minutes that we have together. That this space is space and time that God has given us. And I hope you'll use it to worship Him. To let yourself sink down into the wonder of the story of God's Son. To let your heart be lifted by the music that we share to lay your life before God in prayer and to invite the Christ child all over again to enter into your humble heart. Do you wanna know the truth? I touched that star too. I kind of did it, you know, separate from when James was doing it, away from the guards and all that, but I was determined, I wanted to touch that star too. And I don't know if that was the actual place where Jesus entered our world. It could have been there, it could have been there, it could have been some other place. But just touching it grounded me with the miracle that, that God did come in the form of a little baby. God entered our world and took on our flesh. And I invite you now to sit back, to reflect and to receive this indescribable gift that our God has done for us. Amen.